0: Welcome to the latest reg Mednet podcast i 'm joined today by Dr. Sandra Riga, who is an assistant professor at the MDI Biological Laboratory in Bar Harbor, Maine. In this podcast we 'll be discussing how the Riga lab is using zebrafish as a model to study wound healing mechanisms and nerve regeneration in patients with peripheral neuropathy. Dr. Riga, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me so our first question is. Dr. Riga, how did you come to work in the MDI Biological Laboratory?
1: Um, so, when I was a postdoc, um, I, I looked at uh, potential positions, independent investigator positions. And I was very fascinated by this institutional approach to focus on regeneration biology using particularly animals that have a naturally high regenerative capacity. Several investigators here, including myself, utilize zebrafish and also salamanders to study natural regeneration processes. I'm personally uh, interested in the zebrafish, especially the larval and developing zebrafish because um, they have a very high regenerative potential, but they also are transparent or optically clear, so we can visualize regenerative processes in the living animal. And um, I'm utilizing time-lapse imaging primarily to look at um, sensory nerve regeneration and wound repair processes. And so I'm really... um, I I like to look at these animals and see what is going on. It makes it very powerful.
0: Fantastic. And just what is it
1: wound healing and regenerative medicine? Um, so I'm, I'm generally interested in trying to identify um, um, medications or treatments for human diseases, but I'm also looking in, at the basic mechanisms of wound healing and regeneration. Um, when I was a postdoc in the lab of Dr. Alvaro Sagasti at the University of California in Los Angeles, I started to look at our mechanisms by which our wounds heal, and I became very interested in the role of sensory nerve endings in this process. There's very little known in this field about how sensory nerve endings interact with with wounds, and particularly skin cells. And so, I discovered at the time that if you injure an animal by for example, in zebrafish, because they regenerate really well their fins, we simply cut off the fin or we amputate the tail fin. And what I found is that these nerve endings regenerate really well after I amputated the tail fin. And um, I discovered that the wound or um, secretes uh, the small reactive oxygen species, hydrogen peroxide, and this seems to be very important for these nerve endings to regenerate. So if the nerve, if if the uh, if the wound doesn't produce hydrogen peroxide, for example eliminate the enzyme that produces hydrogen peroxide then nerve endings don't regenerate and this is uh, a problem if the nerves don't regenerate because they're really critical for um, uh, for wound repair processes so if you don't have nerves in the skin then the wound um, doesn't heal properly for example in diabetes or diabetic patients with peripheral neuropathy which have nerve degeneration in the skin, those patients often develop or wound healing defects and it's mostly due to the lack of sensory nerve endings because they secrete certain molecules or trophic factors that promote the healing process. And so I'm very interested in those mechanisms. How do the skin interact or how does the wound and the skin cells interact with the nerve endings?
0: Lovely, thank you. And so you briefly mentioned in your introduction that why are you using zebrafish as a model for your studies as opposed to Mm -hmm. other model organisms such as the mouse?
1: Yes. So first of all, as I already mentioned, the the larvae or the developing zebrafish are optically clear so we can uh, utilize them for time-lapse imaging, which is very powerful. But they also, compared to mice, or if you mate fish, then you get hundreds of eggs from a single mating, which is very good because you can utilize a lot of different animals at the same time, which um, gives you a higher number of, um, of statistical power. Um, the other thing is they've developed really rapidly so I can when I've made the, um, the, the the parents and I collect the eggs within two days I can already start doing the analysis because the larvae are already old enough for me to do that they have already developed to a, a, a critical point where I can do my analysis and because these fish have a very high regenerative capacity compared to mammals they are also very good um, to study those regenerative processes what I think is also very powerful is that it has been found that about 80% of the disease genes that are known to cause diseases in humans also exist in zebrafish. So it's really, we can use the model to really compare um, diseases and, and learn from it to apply to humans. Interesting.
0: Now, what are some of the challenges that you've come across in your research?
1: Yeah, I think One of the big challenges is that zebrafish research is still not as well as accepted as mice, so it's very difficult, or more difficult, to get funding if you do zebrafish research compared to mouse research. And so I think that's one of the the things that the zebrafish community will have to um, maybe provide better um, demonstrations of that the zebrafish is really a good model to study human diseases. And um, actually, the the National Institutes of Health in the United States has recently um, also offered some workshops um, that are specifically geared towards translational research from zebrafish towards human research or towards human um, treatments, which is called From Tank to Bedside. (laughs) And um, so I think... At least the National Institutes of Health already have recognized that zebrafish are good models to study human diseases, but there are still challenges in terms of funding to get um, funding. And then I think another um, challenge for me is also that we are not directly affiliated with a clinic, so it's a little bit hard for us if we have um, mechanisms, identified mechanisms, which we would like to translate into the clinic. We have to find collaborators in different locations
0: to do that fantastic so for, for the zebrafish you mentioned that uh, there's these, these new initiatives the tank to bedside um, mm-hmm. where you have the problems with not being affiliated with the clinic how could you mm-hmm. overcome this problem what could help this
1: yeah so I have formed a collaboration with Mayo Clinic um, to find treatments for neuropathy. So besides my work on sensory axon regeneration and, and wound healing, I'm also interested in identifying small molecules with which we can promote sensory nerve regeneration and wound healing. In, and so that, um, this disease or uh, the condition um, that is collectively called neuropathy, which is a condition by which sensory nerve endings or motor nerve endings uh, degenerate, I'm particularly interested in the sensory nerve aspect, and um, particularly in one of the uh, conditions which is caused by chemotherapy. So there are multiple chemotherapeutic agents that can cause neuropathy, but I'm particularly interested in paclitaxel or taxol, which is the commercial name. This chemotherapeutic agent is mostly used for uh, cancers like breast, ovarian, and lung cancer, and it causes in 60 to 70% of the patients neuropathy so it's a side effect basically of the chemotherapy treatment leading to symptoms such as numbness tingling and temperature sensitivity or pain and the problem is that this condition once it occurs at a very severe um if it's very severe then the patients have to terminate chemotherapy prematurely and so they cannot be treated for the cancer and uh, there are no treatments available and so we have started to utilize the zebrafish as a model species to model this condition and we have identified um, that the skin seems to be really um, involved in, in the nerve degeneration aspect. We found that our treatment of the fish with Paclitaxel causes the skin to which is a matrix degrading enzyme that uh, exists specifically in the skin. It's called MMP13. And we found that this upregulation or uh, increased activity of MMP13 seems to uh, degrade the matrix in the skin and this then leads to nerve degeneration. And so we've we can, in fish, block MMP13 activity with compounds that we have identified which are then also prevent axon or sensory nerve endings to degenerate, and they can also partially restore their regeneration. And so I'm collaborating with Dr. Nathan's staff at Mayo Clinic at the moment where we want to look at human patient samples to see if MMP13 also plays a role in the skin of tractatexile treated Successful, then we can hopefully or do some clinical studies to see if we can use those inhibitors of mmp13 to treat patients
0: wow amazing so yeah. obviously you'll need to work lots with with patients in this work mm-hmm. how important is patient interaction in your work investigating these therapeutic approaches for peripheral neuropathy
1: mm-hmm. i mean it's It depends on the phase of the work so for me it's very important however because I don't have a MD degree I cannot directly see patients I'm always dependent on other uh, MD PhDs or or clinicians to help me with these studies and so right now really the first goal for Nathan and I is to to look at human patient samples and uh, once we have done this we are currently also performing some and ultimately, in the red, to see if we can recapitulate the findings in zebrafish in those models. And once we have all this um, finished, we can really try to develop some clinical applications. For example, we would like to um, use a skin cream where we potentially could put the inhibitors into the. And potentially, this can prevent um, the neuropathy during chemotherapeutic, chemotherapy treatment. But I really don't have direct access myself to the patients, unfortunately.
0: That's a shame. Um, so, yep. you're, you mentioned uh, the, the cream and sort of working with patients. Mm-hmm. Are there any other steps that you're hoping to, to
1: take in your research over the next year? Um, really, we've right now we are starting to look at the at mice and also rat models. So I've applied for funding hopefully which I will get to look at rat models because they seem to mimic better all neuropathy than the mice. And so um, this will be a really important step to <clears throat> to treat, for example, these rats with the inhibitors, and also do skin analysis to see if MMP13s are regulated or active in the in the skin of partly taxol-treated rats. And then we're gonna in, uh, inject those inhibitors into the rat and see how they work, and if they work. And um, that's really my my uh, most important goal within the next few months to do the, those um studies
0: uh now looking further ahead over the next ten years where do you see the field of regenerative medicine for, for wound healing and uh, nerve regeneration
1: um i hope that with the findings that i um established that the, the interactions of skin and sensory nerve endings. Um, that these are really important. That potentially also for for um, degenerative aspects of nerve, or, or nerve, degenerative aspects. That hopefully people can look more into the mechanisms, and that um, also new treatments can be found for other diseases. Our inhibitors also seem to, um, the MMP inhibitors also seem to prevent wound healing complications in the presence of um Taxol treatment in the fish. And so there could be a potential application for wound healing aspects as well. And so, yeah, I hope that <clears throat> the field will really go into trying to um, probably identify more chemicals, more molecules, or chemical compounds with which to promote regeneration rather than stem cells. I think stem cells are really challenging at the moment. They are not really well Understood and how they behave once they enter the body or once I think that the induced pluripotent stem cells are more promising But they still have the potential to cause cancer. So it's very I think that the better way to really promote regeneration at this point might be to Or use small molecules and there's a lot of research now going on to identify small molecules with which to promote regeneration
0: Fantastic. And my final question for today's podcast is: Are there any conferences that you're really looking forward to this year, or any other research that you're going to be looking out for?
1: Um, I definitely um, participate in the Gordon Conference for Tissue Repair and Regeneration, which takes place every other year in New Hampshire, which is also taking place this year, and then probably the Society of Neuroscience meeting in in uh, November in two thousand seventeen.
0: Fantastic. Uh, And if any of our listeners are interested in uh, the Society for Neuroscience event, um, our wonderful Neurology Central website will be covering that extensively. So do look out for more information there. So unfortunately, that is all we have time for today. But thank you very much, Dr. Riga, for joining us today and for discussing your fascinating research.
1: Thank you very much
0: forget to visit regmednet.com for the latest news and views on regenerative medicine we'd love to hear what you thought about this podcast which you can do by leaving a comment on regmednet.com tweeting at regmednet or leaving a message on facebook or linkedin please join us again soon